Hello, besties. Welcome to Martinis with Eddie, your ultimate destination for everything Bravo. Join me as we dissect the drama, uncourt the juiciest gossip from your favorite reality TV shows. Oh, yeah. And we spill the tea too as well. <laughs> well, guys, um, it's been quite a week. Uh, the last time that I spoke to you all was uh, about Vanderpump Rules. And since then, we had gotten an episode of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. We got a real housewife of Atlanta and also the reunion from the Summer House. Uh, and we're going to get into those. We're going to definitely get into those. But uh, I want to start by, by saying I'm excited about this whole entire week. Um, we have, obviously, the reunion from Summer House. We'll be talking about it in this episode. We also have, tonight, the Vanderpump... Uh, we have the Vanderpump Reno tonight. And last night, we have the reunion for New Jersey. And obviously, when it comes to reunions, I want to make the, the episode special, you know? I want to make sure that uh, it's not only my perspective, but I invite all the content creators so we can all close together the chapter of each franchise. So, for uh, so you guys have an idea, tomorrow we are having another panel with a group of content creators. It's not the same panel as last week, so... That's the whole point. We're going to bring different voices. We're going to bring different perspectives. So tomorrow we are having another panel with a whole new set of content creators sharing their opinions and takes on the Vanderpump reunion tonight. And on Friday, I'm excited about this one, you guys, because I have been listening to their podcast for a very long time. We have very similar takes on New Jersey. We share some teas before other people share teas. So I want to I wanna talk about them, about this whole thing. So on Friday, the girls from All About Truth are joining me to dissect the drama that unfolded on last night's New Jersey episode. And it's going to be a juicy one because just like me, they love to bring receipts. They love to bring, uh, you know, uh, a specific moment from previous seasons that debunk a lot of the lies that they try to spin on each reunion. So we are going to go topic by topic and you will get a very detailed take on the reunion of New Jersey. That's on Friday. So I just wanted to kind of like give you guys a whole schedule for the next two episodes. Just know that the next two episodes are not just me doing a recap. It's me and a group of people giving you our takes on each reunion. And it's quite exhausting, you guys. I got to be honest. You know, I got to be honest. Uh, when it comes down to reunions, it can be really, really mentally triggering because as we create content, as we put our ideas out there, you know, as we share our opinions, it seems like everybody has the right to come after you, not only based on your opinion, but personally. And I'm tired. But guess what? I'm the kind of person who feeds from energy. And if you are comforting me, you best believe I'm going to come for you too as well. So, keep talking to the wall. 
Thank you for the traffic on my Twitter. I appreciate that. Keep hating. Who cares? But I'm here for the people who actually love and appreciate my takes that come here every single episode and share you guys opinions. I already have here some people. Thank you, Julie and Les, for joining tonight. Um, if you have any takes on Atlanta or Summer House, I'm here for that tonight. And please mark your calendars for tomorrow's Vanderpump Rules panel and for Friday's New Jersey uh, reunion uh, podcast episode with the girls from All About Truth. Let's talk about Atlanta. Atlanta is having a very interesting season, you guys. I am enjoying the fact that BravoCon has been mentioned pretty much on every single episode so far. This time around was Kenya talking about her performance at the at the um, Legends Ball, which I was there in person. I saw it live. I thought it was campy and it was fun. And I was dancing my ass off. I honestly enjoy um, Gone with the Wind Fabulous. And she was doing her thing. She was spinning. She, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting her to have an Adele type of voice. I mean, come on. like We are not expecting our housewife to be voices, but to be campy, to be fun. And that was the whole performance. On the show, on this last show, Kenya said that she felt like it wasn't to her standards. She didn't know what she was doing on stage and the drop didn't go as she was planning it. Honestly, I did not notice any of that. I liked it. So I'm going to say this. I appreciate that Kenya it's very real with her own talent and the way that she wants to present herself on stage. You know, she doesn't perform all the time. She's not like a performer. She was there to, you know, entertain us. And that's what she did. And she did it in a great way. On this episode, she is practicing to perform at a halftime show at the... um. It's in Alabama, in Birmingham. It's called the Magic City Classic Football Game. And she's invited. And it seems like she wants to bring the same level of surprise that she had when she brought this whole entire drum line many seasons ago saying, Kenya more hair care, Kenya more hair care. Honestly, you guys, every time somebody says that, all I picture is just the drum line walking into the event. I think that's an iconic moment in uh, Atlanta. I'm pretty sure we have quote that many times. Every time that I see it on my TV shows, I'm on, on the show, I laugh. It's such a great uh, Kenya moment. It's iconic. We can't, I, I can't think of Kenya more care, uh, hair, um, Kenya more uh, hair care without thinking it in my head, you know? Yes, yes. And that's what it is, uh, Handless. It is true. This happened at Marlo's hair care event, which is why Kenya is so good at shade. I mean, the way that she throws shade is so calculated in a fun way. It's not like in a, in a destructive way. She knows when to say and do stuff. When she talks about Kenya more... Um, Hair care, she is digging, you know, taking a job at Marlowe because that's what she did on that season. So 
I truly, truly enjoyed that. And I'm looking forward to this performance. There was a moment on, on the episode, though, that I was kind of, I wasn't very happy. And I'm going to tell you why. You know that Kenya invited the ladies to Birmingham, Alabama, so she, they can enjoy all the festivities and the events that Kenya was invited to, you know? Kenya was invited to this event in Alabama. So let's keep that in mind. Obviously, Kenya had to throw some shade on the weight there. She said, in first class, I'm a comp- uh, I have Moniera, Cherie, and Sania. And in the luggage department, it's Corny and Mumbo Marlowe. I die when she say Mumbo's Marlowe. I enjoy when Kenny and Marlo fight, and I'm going to tell you why. Until this day, I still don't understand why Marlo has a peach. Marlo has absolutely no housewife qualities. Her storylines are secondary. Uh, her hate towards Kenya and, and, and Candy are calculated. And to be honest, she was a little more that like entertaining and a little more, I would say, tolerable when she was a friend of. That peach is canned peach. It's not fresh. It's canned. Came from a can and you need to open it with a can opener. It's not fresh. Honestly, I still believe that there are other potential peach holders with more interesting lives and um, true storylines. And I know saying storyline is old, you know, whatever. But if reality TV show, especially The Housewives or any Bravo show is based on storylines, is based on a produced storyline. Each lady on the shows, each person on any Bravo show have producers. It's not like a secret. It's not like we are talking about some kind of like, um, I don't know, like unspoken rule. We as a viewer at this point, I hope people are aware that when you see a housewife talking about a topic is because it has been produced, you know? So some housewives are better at producing themselves, are better at keeping the storylines straight, are better at making the storyline more personable or more like about themselves. Some other housewives love to just ride the coattails, the coattails of somebody else. You know, and I do believe that Marlo has done that for the past, like, two seasons. She's riding the coattail of Kenya and Candy, technically. She brought Corny to, you know, to ruffle Candy's feathers. And this nonstop clown show that she's putting towards, you know, Kenya, it's quite upsetting. I was a little... 
kind of like um, I looked at her with my side eye when she went to a charity event, an event that it was supposed to be raising money, you know, for a cause. And she started complaining about the setting. She said, oh, this is not glamorous. This is like what Kenya does. Uh, this is uh, the type of place that Kenya is going to bring us. What is the champagne? What is the sparkles and stuff like that? And I'm like, bitch, I'm sorry. No, you know what I'm saying. Um, it's, it's, it's an event she was, she, was, she was invited to. She was invited to this event because they wanted her to, to be part of it as like a, a special guest. This is not an event that Kenya you know, put together. This is something that she was invited to. So complaining about that on a confessional, making the event look like it was below her, like, come on. It feels like she doesn't understand that some events are not necessarily glamorous. It can just be a casual get-together between people. And what put an extra layer to my uh, side eye is the fact that she knew that it was an event to fundraise for a cause. And I find that really tacky to complain about something like that. I find that the class A, you know, there was another moment. There was another moment that we are going to get into probably in the next episode. But the fact that she went to Kenya's room where her daughter, her baby girl is sleeping and she started kicking the door in the middle of the night to get Kenya's attention. While Kenya is telling her to stop doing it because her daughter's asleep and she kept doing it and screaming. That to me, it was so wrong. Like, I do not care how she's going to try to spin the wheel on this one. She was on the wrong. And I hope people take that opinion and that take two. Because we are not talking just about Kenya versus uh, um, Marlo. We're talking about a child that is involved right now. We're talking about a child that is asleep in that room. Also, we, 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 we also saw some text messages, you know, from Marlo to Candy when the whole situation with her uh, cousin happened and, you know, the shooting and what's not. What does Marlo want from Candy? She said, I'm sorry. She, she, she acted shocked, surprised in the text. She said, I'm sorry. I mean, what does she want? She wants her to pay the, for the funeral or something. I do believe that there is a level of jealousy from, from Marlo to especially Candy because Candy is rich, rich. Candy has made money on her own. Candy has built an empire. Candy has been part of the music industry for God knows how long. Candy's involved in movies. Candy's involved in Broadway. She's been nominated for all the awards in the planet, except for an Oscar. But she's been nominated for everything, pretty much. And Candy has, you know, established herself also as a restaurateur in Atlanta. So I find it very interesting 
interesting that Marlo is trying to target Candy's restaurant. It seems to me that there is a level of jealousy. I mean, Marlo is is oh, she had the right to feel in some kind of way for losing her cousin. That is very valid. Valid. We are not gonna take away that from her. I'm not gonna say that she's using her cousin for anything in particular. That's not my intention. Let's make that clear. But what I do think is that her jealousy towards Candy and also the fact that um, Candy has stuff in her life that she wishes she had, like a constant income source, a family, a husband, you know, a restaurant that seems to be doing great down there. So I, I I found that very, very, very calculated. Especially after I saw the text on this episode. Not the previous one, because in the previous episode, we saw some kind of like produced you know, text bubbles on the screen and we were trying to figure out what was the order of the communication and the text messages and there was no timestamp. But now we saw a screenshot directly from the phone. And even though the, the communication was um, similar to the one that we saw, there is a sense of candy being shot, candy, you know, saying, I'm sorry for your loss and all the stuff. So I still do not understand what Marlo wants from Candy. And if you guys have any idea, please let me know because I want to know too. Honestly. Kane Cordova said, I like the shade Marlo brings. Uh, he just left this in the, on the comment section. And he all, uh, Kane Cordova, they, they said, Kane Cordova said, Atlanta needs Kim and Nini back. Kane Cordova. I agree with both statements. I'm going to explain why. They said that they like the shade that Marlo brings. Right? I agree. I agree that Marlo brings an interesting shade on her confessionals. Not on the actual show. I think Marlo doesn't have the quickness of a Nini. She doesn't have the quickness of a Phaedra. So on confessionals, she tends to shine because it's easier to write that down before you go on camera or you are produced, you are fed the lines. So I can see it. So she does bring some shade on her confessional that I like. And I, I said it before. I said it to many people online too. Like, I do not like Marlo much. I think she was better as a friend of. And the fact that many people are having their own confessional that are not necessarily full-time housewives or even friend of. Like, you know, we have uh, Sonia's sister... Uh, and we have also 
uh, her mom having their own confessionals to as well. And they are not cast members as like with pictures and stuff. So I feel like Marlo can be that person too. Just the person that shows up on confessionals and and throws in shade. I haven't seen anything from Marlo that I appreciate as a housewife. Once again, I said it. I, I felt like she got that peach. She started doing the most. And the peach went... I mean, it was straight up canned peach. It's canned. It's not fresh. That's how I feel, honestly. But I do appreciate the shade that she brings in confessionals. You know? And even her costume with uh, her her nephews. You know, if you guys saw the episodes, she had like a photo shoot with her nephews where one of them was a vampire. The other one was the kid from it. And she was torn from the X-Men. That picture was fire. It was so good. The costumes were great. I, I, I like this. But this is not a housewife storyline. And... Her storyline last season came back to bite her ass. Because last season, all this trouble and all this like antics that she put to uh, kind of focus her issues on her nephews and stuff like that, it came back to bite her ass. Whew. Let's talk about Sonia's family for a second. Just for a second, because I don't think uh, there's not much going on there just yet. I got to say it. I got to say it. I like Sanya. She's, she's nice. She's nice. But nice doesn't make a good housewife. Um, she's having issues with her family. And please, please, people, stop doing businesses with your own blood because it's a problem. We saw it on Atlanta this season with Sanya. Now she fired her brother-in-law and stuff like that, or, or he quit. And obviously the sister is mad because uh, Sanya told her that they need to move out because they want to have the, the, the house just for the family. And we saw it also in New Jersey with this whole pizza game. I mean, pizza, whatever. That it was such a dumb ass shit that we spoke about for longer than it was needed. So I honestly, as you guys can see, um, I'm enjoying Atlanta. I still can't believe that people are not tuning in as much as they used to. This last week's episode, honestly, the ratings were so low. I mean, I understand it was Memorial Day weekend, but it's a Sunday night. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I missed the memo. That maybe I just getting old, <laughs> but I, I I watch my shows. I I know when they're on, and, and I I enjoy watching my shows on Sundays. And you know, like I I, I had my Memorial Day weekend fun on Saturday and Sunday morning, and then a little bit on Monday morning. But I watch my show live. I I still shocked that not that many people are tuning in to Atlanta, and not only this weekend. I'm talking about. Previous weekends, I mean, the, the ratings are going down, and I appreciate this cast. I do agree with uh, Ken Cordoba when they mentioned earlier that um, the 
Nini and Kim Zolciak are kind of needed. Not maybe not as full times, but there's something missing the Atlanta had before, and I think is the fact that many of the people who who know how to throw major shade are not part of the show anymore. The only people that I like, I mean, I, I'm gonna. I, Also, guys, this is my opinion. So please stop calling me bias on my freaking Twitter because no matter what you said, I, these are these are the people that I like. So I'm gonna give my opinion on that. So I like Candy and Kenya because to me, it still represents Atlanta. Shiret, yes, it's great that she's back, but I'm still confused as why it's such a like big moment for Atlanta because she's not bringing anything. We haven't even seen a piece of her Shiba Shire on a person. I saw that, you know, that people were trying to buy it and what's not, but did anyone buy it? I still don't know. If you know anyone that bought the Shiba Shire outfits, please let me know and send it my way because I want to talk to them. They're like, hey, how's the quality? Because even though I do like to support my favorite housewives and the shows, I mean, I appreciate, you know, buying the, um, the items. I got the books and what I have the, the Andy Clubhouse Shotsky on the corner. I appreciate buying those stuff because they are kind of like a memory box for me. But I'm not going to go and buy $300 worth and two for two items that I'm not going to wear. It's not going to happen. She's not selling Lululemons. She's selling Shiba Shire. So if anyone bought it, let me know. I want to know. Um, Mike Snowbuck uh, left the comment say, I agree. Atlanta was slipping in the past. So I think it's time to it's, it takes time for people to realize it's back and good again. I agree. I like this cast. I appreciate this cast. The storylines are somehow interesting. Once again, I do believe that uh, Marlo getting the peach is questionable. That's an. A, Hold hold on the horses because this is the, this is another one that I still confused by because Marlo went on a uh, Twitter fight with Moniera because Moniera said, "Hey, I have I have a life, I have a storyline, have family, I have all the ingredients to be a good housewife." Let me read the tweet because I want to read it. She said, "Here we go again, the can peach, Marlo." Talking out both sides of her, of, of her neck. Always behind my back, never to my face. I don't respect that. You need to worry about getting that nasty hat cough you had for the past two years. Checked out. And she said, Marlo replied saying, Ken Peach, you have a family, a juicy history with a celebrity ex and a husband and you still didn't get a peach. Make it make sense, sis. And my opinion is Marlo got her peach because she bought her way into the show. She didn't get the peach because she was interested. She literally paid herself to go to cast trips before she got her peach so she could be on the show. 
So basically, Marlon got a uh, participation trophy. She didn't get a peach. She doesn't understand that part because nothing that she has brought on this show is interesting. And from my mouth to the heavens, I do believe the Moyera is going to get that peach. And it would be really funny. It would be really freaking funny if the peach that she gets is Marlowe's. So I'm going to bookmark this little tweet so we can talk about it when a new cast comes around. Because I have that feeling. There is a conversation on my on my timeline right here on my YouTube live chat about how Shiree still can't afford the Chateau. I have the same question. And if you know, let me know. I mean, the Chateau is beautiful, though. Uh, that basement, she did a great job. She did a great job. Shire did a great job with her house. I do want to know how's that still being, you know, being able to afford. So, Twitter, do your thing. I want to know. <laughs> Let's change gears. Uh, let's talk about Summer House Martha's Vineyard real quick. Um, I'm enjoying the show. I'm still trying to get used to the cast, you know, to get to know them on each episode. I do believe that this cast is bringing a lot of drama. You know, we already have had drama with Milo the dog. Last week, we had a drama with the guy who didn't flush her sh his shit. I mean, that was nasty. Please don't do that. If you go to somebody's place, it doesn't matter. Please flush your toilet. Flush it. God damn it. It's so gross. <laughs> On this episode, the drama shifted more towards Bria and, and Silas. Because me, um, Bria, uh, she invited... Uh, her boyfriend from Germany, right? Simon, right? Uh, she invited him to come to the house, but he's flying from Germany. So she said, hey, he's coming. She said it on the, I think it was the first episode of the of the, of the show. So it's, I don't know why everybody else, especially uh, Silas and, and uh, Jasmine acting so surprised about the fact that Bria invited Simon when she told them, I'm happy that production is quick to show, you know, receives. Because in one confessional, uh, Jasmine, at, she's acting as if she never heard this before. She literally says she never said that he was coming. Maybe she needs to be more specific. Maybe she should say she didn't say that he was coming for a whole week to stay with them, not just the weekend. But at the same time, it should be kind of obvious because the guy's coming all the way from Germany. It's not like he's coming from down the block, you know? So I'm, I'm still, I'm still team Bri on this one. I'm sorry. I, I know this is a hot topic online. I'm, I'm here for, uh, for Bria. Especially with the dog situation with Milo's. 
Milo's is her emotional support dog. Technically, by law, she's allowed to have him with her wherever she goes, as far as she has the papers, as far as he's properly, you know, trained for it. She she's allowed to bring him. So the fact that they keep talking about Milo like it's such an inconvenience when the tiny dog is such it's a tiny winner. It's not like she brought a a freaking uh burning dog, like a mountain dog, you know? It's not a, a Doberman or or a I don't know, yeah, like a big dog. She brought a tiny little winner to the house. To me, it makes no freaking sense. All this uh, argument over Milo's and, the, and you know, most people are cool with it. The only person that's being quite vocal is Jasmine. And it caused Mariah to leave the house. Funny thing, it was actually Amir, the one who put Milo's clothing in the laundry by mistake. But that's that was talked about in the previous episode. And that was hysterical. There's also another drama happening in the house, and this one involves Nick and all the girls in the house. It seems like Nick is a player. What do you think, you guys? Do you think Nick is a player? I do believe so. I believe that the guy was trying not to talk about the fact that he had a girlfriend so he could hook up and... You know, have his summer side piece while he was out in Martha's Vineyard. That is a player. I was quite surprised because he doesn't read player. When he got into the house, uh, he gave me the vibe of somebody who was like... Somebody with no game. Maybe just maybe it was just the, 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 the dress code that he was wearing. I don't know. There was something that didn't fit with the player category. Amir has the player look. That guy is good looking. That guy has game. It's funny. Amir, yes, he can get it. But Nick, I'm, I'm still not completely sold in the whole girlfriend story and the whole being a player story. I don't know. That is just my opinion. It just it, it just it just it just from the DM, I'm still confused. You know, they show the DM that he sent all the girls. Uh the ladies are talking about it, and he has put on this kind of like image of oh i'm a good guy and i'm a i'm a i'm a really nice guy i'm always dressed nicely i get my pants and my shirt from like whatever you know tailor your pants and tailor your shirts and da da i'm like you talk the big game but you have no game so i'm still very suspicious about this whole girlfriend storyline um Mike's no buck. That is true. But you need to watch Alex. Yes, Alex. Alex with the bucket hat has game. He does have 
that player vibes. And like you said here in this message, I'm going to read it. Mike's no buck set, but you need to watch Alex. He got recovering player vibes. That's the danger zone. True. Because he knows that he has game. He knows it. He's just trying to play it cool. You know, so that that makes him interesting and sexy. It's like a, it's like a mystery box. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know if you're getting the 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 player or, or or the good guy. I mean, he's like the whole package, and he's a very good looking man. But that bucket hat was dusty. That bucket hat was dusty. <laughs> I honestly, one of my favorite people on that show is Jordan. Jordan is one of my favorite people. She is awesome. She's straight to the point. She doesn't sugarcoat anything. Definitely one of the stars of the show. To me, this show is all about Bria and, and Jordan. Bria, because she she can go head to head with every single one in that show. And Jordan, because she is strong and she has an opinion and she's going to let you know. And we saw that on the, on the episode where she told Silas, like, you're not going to judge me for being a playboy, uh, you know, in the clubs. Or because I'm out and about and doing my own thing and enjoying my life. You're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. And I like that. I love somebody, especially a woman with a strong personality. So now we're still waiting for, for Simon. I'm pretty sure he's going to arrive next week. And while we wait for Simon, let's go to Summer House. The old Summer House. The OG Summer House. They are having a reunion that I'm still trying to digest because I was not expecting this much drama in the first episode. I knew it was going to be, you know, dramatic because the season was dramatic as it was, but it seems like everyone is prepared and I love a reunion when every single person on those couches are prepared. I hate when people are not ready. Like, you are getting paid for this. Prepare yourself. Watch the show. Have your feelings ready. Have your comeback ready. Have your reads ready. We want a show. And they are giving us a show. I'm going to say that, you know, the whole Danielle and Lindsay situation, it's like the center of the storm. Is the eye of the hurricane. That's where this whole entire conversation and reunion is going to be spinning around. And I'm, I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I am Team Danielle. Make sure that you listen or go to my Twitter before you come for me by saying that I'm biased. I have been jumping back and forth between Danielle and Lindsay this whole entire season. Because just um, because it's Lindsay's wedding or whatever or engagement, it doesn't mean that she's always right. And just because Danielle has a point in her feeling doesn't mean that she has always behaved in the right way. Everybody knows that I was not very Team Danielle during Lindsay's and Carl's engagement party because I did not like the fact that she went around talking to everybody and to Lindsay's friends and family or whatever about how she was not aware of the engagement. 
Like, girl, keep that to yourself until you see them in person in a different setting. I did not like that. But besides everything else, I do believe that Lindsay has more of a uh, mean girl behavior and always pushing her, you know, antics on people and pushing people away and trying to be the head bitch of the house. And now Danielle is feeling that, you know, energy. Now she's getting all the, all, you know, the energy on her. And that's why she's in the position that she's at right now. I think. I think that. At this point, moving forward, this show needs to focus on this cast living in New York City more than just going to the Hamptons. They have outgrown the show. That's just my opinion. For example, Amanda. Amanda, right now, in during this first episode, her main topic of conversation was, you know, the result of her, you know, test. The fact that she now has her period back, that she's going to try to have kids um, whenever the time is right, and how this, you know, experience has always has, you know, resonate with women out there that go through the same process. Because it seems like it's something that is very common and women don't talk about it. So I like this. But it's really hard to take these serious topics, you know, seriously because they are done in a party setting. Like, if I'm going to the Hamptons, I don't care about any of this shit. I want to just get drunk and jump in a pool, but as naked. You know? So that's one example of why I think they need to focus more on this cast outside the Hamptons. Because I like this cast. Once again, unpopular opinion time. I like Paige. You know, comfort me. Comfort me, call me names, blah, blah. I'm a mean person because I I, I, I like the quote-unquote mean girls of the house. The, I don't know. We're watching a whole different show, I guess. Because I remember when, like, you know, like Paige said on the show, she said, you know what? It's good that Sam, Gabby, and Chris had a different experience with Lindsay because when Paige joined the show, Lindsay was nasty towards her. It seems like Lindsay likes to vibe with the guys, but honestly, how many guys she vibe with this whole entire time? <laughs> and they didn't end well. None of them. And she's not talking to any of the girls on that couch. So. If everybody on the on, on the set feel that way, except the two girls that just met her six months ago. If people that have been with her for a long time, for the past 10 years, whatever. Feel like. She's the problem. She might be the problem. 
it is true that she was very nasty towards uh, Bravo employees. They came out and said it. It's not like Paige is making this stuff up. And I do believe the story of the shoe at BravoCon. I do believe that she was not kind to people that was working at BravoCon. I still think, based on people sharing on my DMs, fans of the show sent me DMs with stories of Lindsay meeting them. Somebody even said that when she met when they, I'm going to say they because I don't want to out them, but when they met Lindsay, she was nasty towards them. And that was a fan. Somebody who was on Lindsay's uh, train. But when they met her, she was nasty. And then she changed her tone when she saw Carl being nice to them. So she probably puts an act around Carl just to save face. This is all based on the end that I get from fans. I'm not making this up. I don't care about Lindsay enough to lie about. I don't care about Lindsay enough to like, you know, share the story. I don't care. But the fact that people take their time to send me DMs to share their experiences. I'm like, there might there, there has to be some truth behind this, you know. There was another topic that they said that, you know, Lindsay tends to communicate with the media. You know, people debunked the fact that, you know, Lindsay and Carl planned the engagement and and contact the people and whatever. Uh people said that Broward contacted them a few hours after it happened just because they wanted to avoid uh, leaks and stuff because it was such a public event, which makes sense. At the same time, I do think that Lindsay has access to some media and knows how to create stories just because she is in PR. And when you work in that environment, when you work in the public image and um, public relationship, you know, field, you know how to, you know, play with, you know, you know, bloggers and magazines and contacting them and making sure that you look in some kind of way or your clients look in some kind of way. PR are a big, big machine. They know how to, uh, you know, manipulate anything just to make sure that their clients get to from point A to point B to be the talk of the town. That's the, the, that's the legit work. That's what they do. They want to make sure that their clients are talked about either in a really good light or trying to save them from a gossip moment or even creating situations where they might not look that great, but at least they're going to be talked about. So that's what I think Lindsay is doing. He has done all this year. That's why she knows how to place this like good girl behavior. And everybody else is like, mm, I mean, it's like, no, that's not you. That You just put on, a, on, a, on an act. 
That's not, that's not the real you. And I believe that. I do believe it. I feel bad for Carl because I like Carl a lot. But I do think that they make a cute couple, so good for them. I just hope that this is not one of the, the type that one of those type of relationship where one person is codependent of the other one and is not truly in love. It, they just in love with the idea of being love. I hope that's not the case because even though I'm, I don't like Lindsay, I'm not a fan. I also do not like to put like a cloud on somebody else's happiness, you know? So if they are happy as a viewers, we have no saying about it. We just watch the show. I just hope that they are good for each other, especially for Carl's um, recovery journey. I think when he, when he said it out loud, he said, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict. And, you know, Lindsay comes in and it's hard because I'm putting all this baggage on her shoulders. That is, that to me is commendable. That to me is a man right there, you know? Um, I, I think, uh, I, I, I think he's such a great person. I mean, I don't believe in this like old school mentality that, you know, the many people have that, oh, somebody who uses drug or, or, or drink automatically are bad people. No, I don't think that way. I don't think that having a, a, an addiction or, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not a reason to, to call some, somebody a bad person for having a vice. You know, I agree with you, Natasha. I'm going to share it because this is very true. I just don't think Carl should be on the show or is a good fit for anymore. I agree. A hundred percent. I said it before, not because Carl is not fun, but because Carl has a journey that I don't think fits with the premises of the show and maybe that's why i want them to focus on something else besides going to the hentons to party i think the show should evolve with this cast this cast have very interesting lives in the city they have jobs they have um well allegedly carl and Lindsay don't have a job <laughs> allegedly <laughs> Based on what Paige said, uh, Lindsay and Carl has no jobs. But, um, you know, the whole entire cast have a lot of stuff going on in the city. I do think that Carl going down to going to the Hamptons, it's not smart, healthy, or something that he should be doing because being surrounded by alcohol and drugs and partying and, and getting wild might not be the best environment for his recovery process. So I do agree. I agree that Carl should be focusing on himself. If the show is going to continue 
being about partying in the handstands, he should remove himself from it. Some people even said that Kyle and Amanda should leave. I don't agree. I With that one, I don't agree much. Because just because Kyle is 40 doesn't mean that he needs to be boring. On the other hand, if they decide to have kids, they shouldn't be on the show until at least they have the baby. <laughs> have you guys watched Neighbors? There's a scene in the movie when one of the couples have a baby and they're talking on FaceTime with their friends and they want to go to a rave and they are getting all ready and um, and they start singing, baby first rave, baby first rave, baby first rave. That's what I picture Kyle and Amanda doing on the show. Just getting ready to go to the hands with the baby, like fist pumping, baby first handsome trip. Baby's first Hampton Street. Uh, I I want to mention this because I I, I want to give you my opinion on this one. Natasha Sky said people are saying Kyle cheated and Sandoval deflected from that. I don't agree with this, and I think people are just grasping for a scandal for no reason. I'll tell you why I don't think it's uh, true. If there is one thing that Bravo and Bravo fans and Bravo producers love, it's a scandal. No matter where it's coming from. They know that they can capitalize on that. And trust me and best believe that if Kyle cheated on Amanda on this last season, that would have catapulted this freaking show to a different level. Uh, it would have bro rating because once again you see what happened to BPR. So I don't think Scandal is the reason why it was like not talk about anymore or, or, or it kind of like overshadowed these rumors. I do believe that they were just rumor created online. That's what it is. There is no proof that Kyle cheated. There is no proof. And Yes, it's the one that they're talking about saying that Lindsay started the rumors. Yes. So I do believe that if there was a chance or a, a way to prove that Kyle cheated, you know that that will be out and we'll be talking about it. I personally do not believe that story. I think those were just rumors created online and they didn't stick you know, they didn't stick with anybody. People moved on. I do think, though, that Scandable has taken a lot of our time. A lot. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I, don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't see Kyle doing that to Amanda anymore, you know, they seem very happy, they seem very, uh, they seem to be a type of couple that work, and it's working for them, they have a business together, they have a life together, Kyle's 
Those, I mean, Kyle for Kyle is dodged online a lot, and I like Kyle. Kyle is such a nice person. Like when you meet Kyle in person, he's very welcoming, very nice. Um, he's always kind of like the life of the party. He's always in a very good mood and upbeat, you know. So when I see people judging Kyle by saying that um, that he is too old to be this outgoing and too old to be this happy, too old to be drinking, too old for this and that, no, no. I do not like that comment because Kyle is 40 and I'm 39. So I'm not going to tolerate this ageism in my freaking timeline. It's not okay because I am the type of person who still goes out, still goes to like the pools in the summer, that likes to travel. And, you know, I'm going to Vegas for BravoCon and best belief I'm going to have a good time being 40 in Vegas. Because by the time that I go to Vegas, I'll be 40. So no, I'm not going to accept these comments of people saying that just because Kyle, you know, uh, just because Kyle's 40, he needs to like go home and do nothing. That's his personality. That's the way that he is. And some people work all year round at least for a month of freedom. And that month of freedom for a lot of people, it's summer. I have to explain it to many people out there. Pretty much every single time that I talk about summer house, I need to explain this. For those of us who grew up in the north part of the east coast, I grew up in New Jersey. Most people who who are on summer house live in New York City. So we go through a long ass winter and we stay inside for half of the year, literally six months of winter. So when it gets a little warm outside, trust me, we go crazy. We like to enjoy every second of the summer. So when we watch a show called Summer House, you have to expect people to drink and have a good time because that's filmed between like June and September, which are the two and a half months that we have to be able to do all the stuff to get an our get our you know drink on, have barbecues, you know, wear nothing, wear like you know swimsuits and like board shorts, or you know like. Go down the shore, like when I when I was in Jersey, you know, our summers are going down the shore. You had seen it on Real Housewives of New Jersey. Whenever they film in the summer, they always go down the shore because that's what we do. <laughs> so, yeah, people understand that if you see Kyle drinking on Summer House, he's just doing what everybody does up here in the summer. But I'm sure if they filmed the, the, the show during the whole year, like they do in some show that they go through different seasons and they follow them in different settings, we will see different layers of these characters. And that's why I want the next season of Summer House to be more focused on their lives in New York City. I want to see Paige working on her fashion stuff. I want to see how Loverboy um you know, works and how they, you know, 
are creating new products and building a new uh, business and stuff like that. I want to see Carl and Lindsay doing whatever they do. I don't know what they do. So I want to see doing Carl and Lindsay's daily stuff. And I want to see the newbies more. I want to see Sam. I want to see Gabby, Chris. Chris is a photographer. I'm a photographer too. I went to school for filmmaking. I want to see his work on this show. I want to see what he does. I'm, I'm curious to see his level of talent. Obviously, I also wanted to go once in a while, out and about, either in the city or down going to the Hamptons. But the show will definitely have a new life if they reboot it in that way. Or maybe, just maybe, if they don't want to completely change the setting of the show, just create a spin-off. You keep Summer House in the Hamptons with a brand new set of single crazy people. You can keep Sam, you can keep Gabby, you can keep Chris, bring Corey to the, the mix and bring new people on board that are like young and, and fun and hot and have a good time. And then you create, you know, Summer House, the city or whatever, where the cast that is already, you know, focusing on different stuff are followed by the cameras in their life in the city. That's what I think it should be done. I want to know your opinion. And the best way for you guys to leave your opinion is to go to Twitter uh, Martini with Eddie or on Instagram and leave me your, your opinion in, in the comment section or you can follow me here on YouTube or my podcast and leave your comments on the comment section. Like I always say, please, please, please subscribe to my podcast and rate because the only way that we as podcasters thrive and survive is by you guys simply showing some love in the rate section. I also have a website, martiniwitheddy.com, and my martini shop is located on my website. And I have a whole merch line with Poopoo Head inspired by Vendepon Rules Reunion. And tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm launching my second part, merchandise. This one is inspired by the Real Housewives of New Jersey Reunion, and it's called You Are the Devil. You will see that tomorrow on my website. So remember, like I said at the beginning of the episode, tomorrow I have a whole panel of different content creators coming on and talk about all things Vendepon Rules Reunion Part 2. And on Friday, I have the girls from All About Truth talking about Housewife of New Jersey Reunion. So remember, tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern Time, Vendepon Rules Reunion Part 2 panel, and Friday, 7 p.m. Easter time, Real Housewife of New Jersey with the ladies of All About Truth. With that said, you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode, and like I always say, every time that I end a long-ass conversation, bye, besties!